0: what's up golf strategy school it's marty back with you here again and as promised and as teased i am bringing back chris finn the founder of par for success.com and today we are going to be talking about one specific type of exercise that i'm sure you've seen i'm sure you maybe even have done a few of but kind of anything in and around the medicine ball and how that pertains to golf so Uh, Chris is really into research on these type of things. And it's not just like, oh, hey, I tried it and it didn't work for me. No, this is actually approached with the scientific method, with control groups, with everything laid out the way that you should to get actual data rather than opinion. So uh, Chris, welcome back. And please tell me there's some good news behind this conversation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to be back, Marty. And uh, you know this is definitely one of my Probably favorite topics to, to talk about, uh, just because it um I, I guess in the world of science it's it as maybe counterculture as you can get in terms of uh really kind of you know what a lot of people think is right and what makes sense from kind of a common sense approach and can be really explained to be super beneficial. And like every golfer should throw medicine balls because it's just like the golf swing and it's rotational and you're gonna get stronger. Yeah. Right. I mean it makes you you can make You could write a book that would sound very legitimate uh, based off of that. Um, Unfortunately,
0: that may not be the case. So it may not be the case, meaning that golfers are just naturally allergic to medicine balls or golfers may be doing stuff that is just kind of marking time and exercise rather than benefiting their swing. Or do we go all the way to the other end of the pendulum where we're just just, actively doing harm to ourselves, like there's a there's a pretty big range there what are we talking about
1: uh yes um to <laughs> all of
0: the above all right
1: <laughs> yeah no i think that's that's kind of what i'm what's honestly what i'm really excited about chatting you know you know this episode is is kind of being able to dive into each of those um you know use cases where you know sometimes medicine balls can be the absolute wrong thing to be using um, sometimes they can be uh, a, an amazing tool if used in the right way, um, spoiler alert, that probably only 3% of golfers listening may probably use them in the way that actually is helpful. Oh. Um, and, you know, and, and then I think what I'm most excited about is really kind of diving into explaining why uh, that using medicine balls, the way that most golfers do, you know, throwing against walls or, you know, doing rotational stuff with them actually in a lot of ways, when we measure it, use, train you to use ground forces, Incorrectly and in the wrong order. A lot of times we'll train poor kinematics and sequencing, uh, and in no instance have we ever found that throwing medicine balls against a wall actually makes you faster. Um, So, um, so there's a a lot of cool stuff to dive into as we chat.
0: Well, let's like every good countdown list go from worst to first. So I'll I'll kind of let you decide whether or not that is the. Perceived uh, exercises that we dive into first that are least helpful, or if there is certain things that through your testing you have discovered is absolutely fruitless. I'll I'll let you steer in terms of those two columns, but let's work towards what the best is.
1: Yeah, so I think you know when we, particularly the the formal study that we released initially looked at, you know, if we took and we know from a, a lot of our research that. There's two movements that have a causational impact in terms of helping a golfer swing faster, and one is your vertical leap, so improving your ability to produce force, kind of in a jumping motion, um, and then the other is your uh, a golfer's ability in a what's called an upper body push power. So, I think if you have a medicine ball and you do like a chest pass and you, you know, how far you can throw it that way. So, what we did was we actually took this the study and um, and we we had one group who did all. Uh, training based on improving their push power with their upper body and their lower body kind of, you know, vertical power. Then we had this other group where they threw a bunch of med balls and they did like everything. Basically, let's just call it the Instagram prescription for golf. (laughs) (laughs) So they did the Instagram workout, right? Where they throw the ball, go to Instagram right now. If you're listening, just type in golf medicine ball. And if you see it there, we probably, that was probably in the protocol.
0: (laughs) Uh, Did you make them all wear yoga pants as well?
1: uh, only, only the really old hairy guys, they, they were the gotcha. ones, were
0: the, they need the support. I mean, it's like it, a cardiac, it, it, it's like a cardiac sock that starts at your ankle and goes all the way up to your hips. Exactly.
1: You help to keep the blood returning. Cause it's exactly. It, yes. Yeah. And, and as, I, as
0: heart patients, we understand. That.
1: Exactly. It's very important, but you know, we're saying it in jest, but I think the number one worst thing that people do with medicine balls is they turn it into a cardiovascular exercise where they are taking this medicine ball and they're bouncing it off the wall, you know, 15, 20 times, even 10 times is too much. And when we look at training power, really after about five reps, your body, the system that is the power system, which, you know, your geeks out there called the glycolytic system, that's fatigued. It's, it's used up. And then you have to transition to these other system, energy systems, which are not as powerful. Uh, the best visual I can say is think of a 100 meter sprinter and in your mind now can put them standing next to a marathon runner right? The marathon runner is once you get over five, you know, over five reps, you're kind of using that guy. That, that's he's yeah. not very big and powerful. The, the five reps or less, you're using that hundred meter runner, you know, sprinter. So there, there's more muscle mass. They're just, you, you, it's a bigger, more explosive system, but it fatigues quicker. Um, so <clears throat> most people, the number one thing, the number one worst thing you can do with medicine ball is just be pounding it on the wall and do these rotational exercises, thinking that you're trying to increase speed and power and you're doing like 10, 12, 15 reps. And like, you're just, you're just training yourself to go slower in a rotational fashion. That's, that's, that's number one, number one, one, a (laughs) is (laughs) while you're doing that, you're actually, most golfers when they do it, they'll use their upper body and they actually will kind of, you know, they'll finish with their shoulders and outside of their hips. Right. So if we think of that in golf fashion, right, you're basically coming down, you, you, you have a, like a backward shaft lean, like just totally all finagled in the wrong positions that are not efficient where you're, you know, kinematically, you should be really clearing those hips first. And then the, you know, it should be transferring up through the core and then the upper body and the you know, arms should be lagging. But we'll tend to see particularly people, my favorites when they grab the really heavy med ball, cause they're going to get strong, Marty. We're getting strong today. We're grabbing <laughs> grabbing a 15 pound med ball, right? <clears throat> and if you shotgun a Red Bull first, <laughs> Exactly, right? (laughs) Throw on some, some, you know, some Limp biscuit. Let's break stuff, right? Oh, we're old. (laughs) We we are old. Sorry, I just dated myself. (laughs) They take this big 15-pound ball, right? And they start trying to huck it at the wall. And if you can vision, everyone listening, you can vision kind of an over-the-top move where that trail arm kind of comes over the top. They end up throwing the medicine ball like that where they're like, you know, coming up and over the top because they don't have the control. It's too heavy of a medicine ball for them. So now, and then we see all, we've actually measured people with all of the kinematic stuff on them and mm-hmm. seeing what are the sequences look like. And it's totally backwards. Your upper body is doing all the work. Legs aren't moving at all. Um, so I think that's the, 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 the two big things that we see, you know, number one is, is really that, that you just do too many of them. People think, that, oh, I'm going to do 10, 20. I'm going to hammer it at the wall. You're training yourself to go slower. So that's number one. That's a, a negative. I have never met a golfer. It's like, man, I really wish I could just slow my golf you know, my, my swing speed down like five miles an hour and then I'll be, I'll be great, right? So that's number one. Number two is then when you also are doing the medicine ball work, you're either, either you use the ball that's too heavy and then that screws you up right away. But even people who are using, you know, four or six pound balls that aren't very heavy, they're still, they're, they're driving the wrong sequence. They're, they're not, there's no sure. around how they're using it. And when you actually measure it with either, you know, 3D kinematic, where you're seeing the upper bodies going first, or the cool stuff that we can do now that we have all these force places, we actually will see the ground forces are totally the wrong way. So normally when you swing a golf club, your first peak ground force should be pushing horizontally towards the target. So off your trail foot towards your lead foot, then there's going to be what's called a, you know, a toe heel force, or think rotational, right? So kind of like where you're, you're, that's what rotates the hips back so that you clear that front hip as you come down through impact and then there's a vertical thrust that occurs where you really kind of push up and clear through. So like adjusted Thomas would be a, an extreme, like a very visual example where he kind of almost jumps off the ground off that lead yep. leg through impact. Right. So it's supposed to be horizontal toe heel and then vertical, which is very much like with kinematics. supposed to be hips first, then torso, then arms, then hands, then club. Well, when you look at most med ball throws, like you name it, like, and like, I can tell you like the, the most common ones used actually most people will like reverse, like they'll go toe heel first and then maybe like no vertical and just horizontal or like, so the people actually will do these drills completely wrong. So think of it, you're totally screwing up and training yourself to use the ground in a way that's counterproductive for the golf swing. And you're kinematically moving your body in the wrong sequence, and you're grabbing the heavy ball because you think that's going to make you stronger, and you're doing like this weird over the top, you know, upper yeah. body dominant move. Um, I mean, I don't know how that could go wrong, Marty. I mean, that just sounds like a great plan to play better golf.
0: Cause all you do is you just play that in reverse with the golf club in your hand, and then you're, you know, you're Jamie Sadlowski hitting it 410 yards.
1: I mean, it's not that hard. I don't, hard. Know. I don't, I don't Just, know
0: why it's, they're... It's science. It's like that old Tiger Woods commercial. How do you hit a 300-yard shot out of a bunker? Step one, hit the <laughs> ball in the bunker. Step two, hit it 300 yards out of the bunker. This is really two <laughs> steps. How are simple. you screwing this up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I got to I got to press you on a couple of things based off of other conversations that we've had. So yeah. is there is there any benefit from the repeated uh, like medicine ball throws into a wall. Uh, I'm thinking back to our first conversation where we were talking about kind of like building up the, like the, the physical padding, the, the kind of gas tank that you have in terms of making these, these golf swings. Are we, are we doing any help to ourselves that way when we're using a medicine ball or is it one of those things where it's just a, like a minute, barely measurable amount in that, area and really we're just throwing everything else so far out of whack that it's more harm than good. Lots unpacked there.
1: There so <laughs> the,
0: I pay attention damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to the, you know, repeated throwing at the wall, uh, yeah, I think the number one thing that I said earlier is is about the intent, right? So when we're talking about what we have found so in the study that we did when we looked at the vertical you know people we had a group doing the vertical and the pushing power and we had a group that did the rotational power the group who did the actual rotational power saw literally uh i think it was like 0.5 mile an hour increase in club head speed compared to almost four miles an hour like it was literally not like it wasn't even a one percent increase like it it was so stupidly small but when we look at people that are using med balls correctly and actually getting results. So, you know, since that study, we've probably tested all of these other uses of med balls and, you know, a couple thousand people. It's really what we have found med balls when we we're going to throw it against the wall to really be thinking about how you're using the ground. And, sure. and we use it, we call it transfer training. I'm not sure if that's already a thing or not, but if it isn't, then we'll
0: it take is it. now. It is now.
1: <laughs> uh, but basically, what it is is basically if, if you have good mobility, and you have good strength in the, the core lifts like bench and deadlift and squat, like you have good, good general athletic strength. Then we'll see some people where they, they aren't able to actually transfer that into club head speed. So whether it's because their sequencing is screwed up or because they've been doing all these medicine ball drills in the wrong way, and they have no idea how to they've self screwed themselves up. Right. Um, you know. So what we have found is really the most effective is that you can take that medicine ball, but you're really not going to go more than, you know, five, maybe six reps but what you're looking at doing is you're focusing on how you're using the ground. And so this is where, if you want to focus on, I really want to focus on, let's say posting on my lead side and clearing my hip. So we'll, a lot of times, and we have a lot of these drills on our YouTube page for anyone that's interested to go visually see it. Uh, but like, so there's one that's to train horizontal ground forces where we'll actually put, think of putting like a foam roll in front of mm-hmm. your, your right-handed player, you put it in front of your left hip. So if you're a left-handed player, put it in front of your right hip. So your lead hip, put it maybe three inches in front of your foot. So it's just standing there. Right. So if you go to, you know, you go, you know, throw the medicine ball, <clears throat> we usually do like a Ironman throw where you kind of have it in your armpit and you just kind of push it as a line drive from, with your trail arm. If you slide through, you're going to knock that foam roller off, obviously, right? Gotcha. But if you can actually post on that lead leg and clear that hip, then all of a sudden you can get your belt buckle facing the wall, that you know, quote unquote, the target without knocking over that that foam roll, right? So that in order to do that, You have to have the good hip mobility, which we've talked about in terms of the four rotary centers, but it also you have to produce a negative force, or what we call it's called a negative horizontal force. Fancy way of saying you post on your lead leg and it doesn't come all the way through and knock that foam roller over, right? So you know that would be an example of you're going to go that hard as you can five reps, but you have that intent of really clearing that hip because we want to improve your ability to you know that that horizontal force on the left leg of posting and clearing, Um, if for instance, toe heel, let's say, where we want to work on really, you know, think of if you're at a dress, you know, kind of that lead butt coming backwards. So, you know, people say, if you film your if they film people down the line, hey, did you see his pocket, right? Do you yes. see both pockets, right? So for that one, you just take that foam roll and you put it behind your butt. And then as you go to throw that medicine ball, you're basically trying to clear your butt back into that you know, into that foam roll and knock it over. And can you, you know, physically get there? So there, that has to be that toe heel force. Yep. Um, and then there's the last one is vertical. And that's uh, I think my favorite drill with this one uh, that we'll use um, is basically, you know, kind of, you know, have the ball same position kind of locked and loaded in your, in your trail like armpit, but then you kind of like dip down into your lead leg, so You're almost doing like a little bit of like, a, say 80% of your weights on your lead leg with your knee bent pretty close to the ground and then what you're all you're trying to do is basically push up off that lead leg and throw that ball down into you know into the ground just in front of that that lead foot. So you're getting the feel of pushing up from the lower body that starts the un, the uncoiling and the unwinding. Um, that one's a little hard to visualize. So I encourage people to go to YouTube, the for Success page. You'll see it all there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. um,
1: but. And I can actually I can send you the links to those if you want to put them in the show notes too. But sure, absolutely but the uh, I think that's those are the instances and use cases where we have seen medicine balls actually be beneficial for golfers in terms of transferring to performance because Mm -hmm. the med ball is great. Now on the last one where you're throwing the med ball on the ground. This is total disclaimer here. So nobody comes after me. Please don't use a rubber ball that bounces back up and hits you in the face. Use one of those balls that's just gonna stay there, okay? Yeah, Um,
0: one of the leather ones. I got a couple,
1: I got a couple awesome videos, Marty. I got to show you some time of people hitting that they weren't thinking and they hit it and that ball comes up and it's like, it's yeah, like, you, don't, you don't
0: want to catch eight pounds, 10 pounds in the chin, four talk pounds. About,
1: talk about ugly face and slow motion. Yeah. With the
0: ball. Oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but those are the instances where we have seen medicine balls be extremely useful tools for people because then it will actually transfer in terms of you're training the right movements and the way that the body needs to move for the golf swing and that's where we'll see a lot of people then be able to take that mobility and the strength that they have and actually go, you know, the light bulbs. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. I had no yeah. idea. Right. And, and then we actually then we'll take it from that position. Then we'll say, all right, now we're going to do what we would call specific training. Same three drills, but we put a club in their hands and we say, all right, so now swing and get the feel of actually as you're swinging the golf club. Can you post on that lead hip? Can you clear that butt backwards? Uh, the The vertical one's awesome with a club because you can picture it. You got you think of at the top of your backswing. That's where you start, right? Then you load into that lead leg. You bend that left knee, or that you know, for right-handed player, the left knee all the way down. And we say, "Okay, now swing." If they don't push up vertically off that lead leg, they're going to snap their club their into the ground. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. The, talk about immediate feedback. Yeah.
0: Right?
1: So, I would encourage if you're doing that for the first time, don't use don't use your favorite club. Maybe use an old old iron or something that you have.
0: Go to but, a really wet spot in the driving range too. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly, but those are really the only, the places where we have seen medicine balls be actually beneficial to golfers and actually translate into performance. The you know the Instagram uses where we are you know rotating and throw it against the or my favorites you'll see like on YouTube. I've Googled, i when I do presentations. I just YouTube's like golf rotational medicine balls, and there's like literally <laughs> picture there's like a kumbaya circle of like 20 people and they're all like throwing, like tossing a medicine ball back and forth, like in a circle working on their quote unquote rotary power. I'm like, holy cow, does this people actually think this works? Um, but so really any of that sort of stuff really has no merit. There's been no research across any other sport that can truly honestly attribute use of medicine balls to increase speeds. There's, there's one study that's um, talked about in baseball where the, they used medicine ball training and they saw bat speeds improve, but there was lots of other training. So that you weren't able to really truly identify sure. like
0: too many variables
1: if it was that or not. And they said, it may have been, but you know, in this one we really isolated if we throw medicine balls against the ball, against the wall, you know, lots of times do we get any, and we, and we ignore the vertical and the, you know, push power stuff, the stuff that we know works what, what do we see? And it was very clear now both groups, they all still did their strength training. This is just talking about the power work. They didn't do any jump work or plyometric push work. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a quite the stark difference, like to the tune of literally, you know, 12 to 15 yards. I mean, we're talking not even a mile an hour to, you know, to four miles an hour increase. Uh, and, And that has held, you know, the study we did mostly with kids, but that's held across adults, as we've done follow-ups, you know, over the last few years, so, which has been pretty wild to see.
0: So this all strikes me a lot like, uh, and I'll use my own personal example, you know, when when you get into any new to you type of movement, and even if, you know, even if you were, uh, you know, a gym rat and you know how to use medicine balls correctly, the application... I should say the exercise has to match the application and so so much of this stuff goes into form and I like I think of when I was trying to get into more powerlifting and starting to get into Olympic lifting boy did I screw up my back a couple times trying to do RDLs you know it's just I I wasn't thinking about it. I'm like, okay, well, I watched the YouTube video. It seems like the guy just bent over and picked up the F and bar. Well, (laughs) I guess I'll just do that. And uh, yeah, it gets to that point where. Yes, you may be completing an action. Yes, your muscles may be getting exercise, but you have to look at what that end goal is, like you're saying, the intent of the exercise and whether or not that that exercise is leading you towards that intent. Because like, as you were describing what everyone was doing, because I've, I've done like Russian twists for, you know, the ab workouts with medicine yeah. balls. And I've, you know, I, I have plenty of medicine ball shaped uh, dust circles on my basement walls. <laughs> uh, but I, I was, as you were describing that, I can think I'm like, yeah, as I'm, if I'm rotating like my golf swing. I'd say probably 60 plus percent is coming from like my right forearm.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. You know, like and I can feel like my right shoulder leaning forward into it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's terrible for the golf swing. It's like <laughs> all of the wrong things that I would see in someone's swing are being manifested by this exercise that people assume is beneficial. So, well,
1: and, and I think a lot of it isn't, and it's not their fault. I mean, this right. is one of the biggest frustrations that I have when I hear, I mean, like, very prominent people, like other top 50, you know, on Digest, Golf Digest, fitness people, like people that are I consider my peers. And you'll hear them talking about this language of like, yeah, do your medicine. If we do our, you do your med ball throws to get, to increase your strength, to get more, you know, throw the opposite way to get more balanced. There is literally no evidence of any of that. And if if we're truly going to get into the weeds of Medis, throwing a medicine ball, like I just want to dispel this right now to anyone listening. Throwing a medicine ball does not make you stronger. In order to gain strength, the physiological principle is you must overload the tissue to such a point that you create muscular like damage where the mm-hmm. tissue actually has to then go and repair itself. A six-pound medicine ball is not heavy enough for any human being, not even literally not even my 10-year-olds that come and train with us to cause muscular damage. It is not like, unless you have been bedridden for weeks, months, right. like, you are not getting quote unquote stronger, throwing a medicine ball. You have to lift weights, you're like barbells and dumbbells and kettlebells. Right. In, you know, so, so let's dispel the strength myth that you're not getting any stronger. Right. This is kind of, we worked through and we we're like, let's study this. Cause let's see, are we actually going to get stronger? Well, no, we, there's literally no way that's going to make you any stronger. Okay. Let's talk about power. Is it going to make you more powerful? Well. We've already just determined it's not going to make you stronger. So it's not going to give you the ability to produce more force. Well, is it going to, you know, powers, you know, can we make it accelerate? Can we increase acceleration? Well, it's heavier than a golf club. So you're clearly not going to move it ex- faster than you do a right. golf club. You're not going to, that's not, that's not helpful, right? So it's almost like it's this weird implement where it's not light enough to truly do speed training with, and it's not heavy enough to actually do any strength training with. So what the heck are we using it for?
0: Right. And so that's where then
1: you, then we did the study and it's like, well, okay, those two things, those two hypotheses held, well, then what could we use it for? And that's where we got to the tra- the transfer training. And Hey, we, this is a great implement because we can throw it and let it go. And it's, it, we it allows us this freedom of movement, similar to what we have in the golf swing. And it's a way to get the golf club out of people's hands where there's like a this like weird freezing up thing that happens to a golfer when you put a golf club in their hand, yep. like just automatically default to these weird golf movements that they've, they've had, you put a med ball and then you can all of a sudden teach them how to move correctly. And they're like, Oh, I didn't know that's what it was supposed to feel like. And they'll do it like five times in a row. Perfect. You go, all right, now try it with a golf club. And it's like, Frankenstein's back. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, what the heck? All right now that gets into the whole mental side, but yes, medicine balls are not going to make you stronger. Medicine balls are not going to make you faster. You know, they're, they're a great tool to utilize with intent and in the, with the right people at the right time and understanding, you know, Hey, you know, if you look at your golf swing and you see, when you come through impact, your lead knee is out in front of your toe, like towards the target beyond your toe, like you're not producing vertical, good vertical or horizontal force because you're sliding all the way through. So I can tell you right now, if you had good hip mobility, we that's those, those are some, you need some transfer training. Right. So you can like you can look at your golf swing in video, and you can you can start to identify, you know, the movements obviously are a product of the forces that you produce. And so you can use the movements to say, hey, my knees like closer to the target than my foot is. That's probably not good. (laughs) That means (laughs) I didn't use the ground correctly. Now we can start to you know work backwards and say, all right, let's look at your at your body, let's assess, let's not guess, and let's actually come up with an exercise prescription that's going to be targeted, efficient and not take an hour and a half for you to complete it right. literally takes five to 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's where a lot of people kind of get hung up. You know, they're, they're so used to kind of the old methodology of like you just got to grind through and you got to figure out all the things through 8 billion reps. And it's like, uh, yeah, that is a way. Correct. But most of the times, uh, And the example that that I love to use is Tim Ferris. He, he has done all sorts of crazy stuff like this where he's like, well, there's probably like three or four principles that really drive 80, 90% of the output. So I'm just going to get really good at like these, these couple of principles. And can I make myself world-class? Like he won a national tango championship in Argentina And he was like a world champion. I can't remember if it was like kickboxing or Muay Thai, but like he, he figured out, he's like, Oh, okay. Well, like, these are the rules that I have to play by here's all the mechanics to it. Like this one thing carries way more weight than the rest of it. So I'm just going to get real good at that one thing. And I'm going to automatically catapult myself into the kind of top echelon of, these performers in these types of things. He even did it with cooking. Um, So, you know, when we, when we look at exercise and stuff like that, if we truly are getting stronger, like you said, you know, our muscles have to experience the atrophy, you know, if you're, if you're really going to be going into it that way, but that comes right back to the beginning of the conversation, which is intent. What are you doing the exercise for? You know, there's, if, if you look at all the Mr. Olympia guys, you know, they're doing reps upon reps upon reps. There's there's guys that are practically square that are three, four, five times as strong as these guys, but the Mr. Olympia guys are doing it for the, you know, for the bodybuilding physique and for the vanity muscles. So it's all about that intent. When, when you kind of think about the industry as a whole, like you were saying, there's, you've seen plenty of people that you consider your peers kind of, approaching this without that scientific lens on how do you think, and this isn't necessarily specific to medicine balls, but how do you think it got to this point where it's just like the assumed standard of like, Oh yeah, just throw a medicine ball into a wall for, you know, 10 hours a day. And you'll be in Bryson, Bryson DeChambeau in a month.
1: I think it, unfortunately in the golf fitness world, uh, you know that's why we've honestly we, we've kind of moved away from calling what we do golf fitness and it's more golf we call golf performance is we we really try to delineate those two things because you know, I think if you think of think to golf instruction right in the like early 2000s when they'd have the videos like they put the video of Tiger Woods up next to you and you'd be mm-hmm. like oh so see where Tiger is that's where well dude do you have the same mobility as Tiger do you yeah. have the same capability as Tiger or Are your forearm ratio to upper arm ratio like the same as Tiger? Like that's the stupidest way to teach in the world, right? Now you can certainly gleam like positions and efficiencies that he have. And then maybe that certain player has and try to apply it to yourself, but you have to take what you're working with into actual consideration. And so, you know, putting Tiger Woods next to to a 65-year-old dude and telling a 65-year-old guy, hey man, (laughs) see this position this 20-year-old's in? Like in his prime, and he's beating yeah. guys by like you know eight, ten strokes and like major, like, yeah, get to that position. Like, okay, like that makes zero
0: sense, right? You see his top half snap off and just go down the driving range. Exactly. It's like, did
1: I get there? <laughs> like, oh did you lungs. sign the did you sign the waiver form, sir? Yeah, <laughs> right. But so that's I think when we talk about golf and fitness, like it that's where everybody in their in the mindset has come from, from an instructional place. And then it, translate, it translated over into the fitness because it says, well, well if, if those are the best players in the world and these are the types of exercises they're doing, then those must be the right exercises, right? And that makes, yep. you can make that jump. But what people weren't asking, well, well, are they just that good despite or in spite of the workout programs that they've had? Like basically the workout programs aren't, they're just so talented that the workout programs just aren't necessarily like making them better, but they're making them worse, right? Yeah. Or maybe they're making them marginally better, right? And so that's where you know we start to look at is we kind of will look at when you see a video of a whether it's a John Rom or Ty or whoever it may be, like throwing med balls or doing stuff, and and everyone's commenting, "Oh my God, I love that exercise! Oh, that's so amazing!" Like, like okay, look, like, where's the research? How do we actually know that that works? And and also, do you even know what the intent of him using it actually was in that video? Right. Right? And so that's where we ask, like, well, does it actually work? Well, the number one reason why people do med balls throws is because they want to get faster. Well, let's test. Does it actually make you faster? Well, sure. Shockingly, it does not. Sorry. So, okay, we're not going to use that to get people faster. Um, So I, I think that's just where a lot of the you can make so many compelling, like logical arguments based on the fact of other things that we've seen, like think of like, you know, I mean, just think of the medicine ball though. That's just the easiest one, right? Oh yeah. If you throw and you sequence your hips first and throw the ball, it's going to help groove your sequence. Well, okay. I guess that, that makes sense, right? I I can see where that it looks like, or like the cable, you know, I'm going to do the cable trap because it's rotational. And you you look at all these, you know, anti-rotational strength. This is another one that gets me. Anti-rotational strength is so important. Well, i got newsflash we tested the actual correlatory value of anti-rotational strength relative to club head speed and it's pretty bad right so but, is that like
0: the paloff plat press yeah like a paloff you, press yeah, or those okay. sort of
1: things, right because the idea is that your you're holding has, back against your position, hips have right? to rotate to create that x factor and that's anti-rotational strength right sure well, newsflash that doesn't actually pan out uh you know it had like a barely a 0.5 you know uh, r value of a correlation if it's 0.5 or higher that's that's good. But if we look at vertical and upper body push power, those are like point nine. Like those are so much more. Sure. A, you know, the other one, another one that I can go on for days. I'll just do one more. I, you know, I don't want to be on it. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, the other one that I, that I love is the. Um, uh, so we did we did Palo press. Uh, well, you know, maybe we'll save that one for later.
0: Oh, we'll we for another got episode. another idea for another. We'll episode, for idea.
1: I don't want <laughs> to be here. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that. for <laughs> another episode. I, want, I want people to be able to have something to look forward to.
0: So, I guess we we've, we've talked about all the the ways that your kind of Instagram medicine ball exercises can be uh, harm straight up harmful, not necessarily like to your musculature, but to the kinetic chain and it's kind of throwing you out of your groove and out of your rhythm. What are good things that people could be doing to to get some of these speed bonuses. And I guess I'm, I'm not limiting you to medicine balls, but yeah. kind of like the, the at home capabilities, like what's something that people could be doing at home to build speed in a way that's more effective than the medicine ball.
1: Yeah. So it really, it's going to be looking at what exercises can you do that are going to help you increase your vertical, your lower body vertical power. So think of like a squat movement would be like if you're doing squats. That'd be vertical strength. So if we talk about power. It's how much force can you produce and how fast can you produce it, right? So you know, force times acceleration. So yep. force or getting stronger is like all your strength training exercises. So like a deadlift move, an RDL, a squat. That that's all going to improve somebody's level of strength to help them produce more for, for vertical force into the ground um you know if we look at you know or you could even do step ups or you know any single leg work right um obviously the load has to be heavy enough such that like when you get to the end of the set you like maybe got two left and you're like oh my gosh that was incredibly hard i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> yeah, you can be, be, be able to level. do 15 and then like you know go right into the next thing i'll never take a break like that's not actually going to be getting you no
0: supersets? <laughs> yeah
1: um I, you know there the other piece is going to be the upper body push power, upper body push power. So, and the the force or the strength part for that, like bench press, um, you know, any sort of, you know, push ups, those sorts of things are going to be, you know, very beneficial of improving that push power. Now, if we're looking at the acceleration profile, this actually is where some medicine ball usage can come in. Um, So if we think of like an, again, disclaimer, do not use a rubber ball for this, please. Anyone listening, it will (laughs) bounce up and knock your two front teeth out. Uh, (laughs) You use like a slam ball that has like sand in it. So when it hits the ground, it stays there. Yeah, um, you, know, you can like, you know, you reach up overhead, you know, ball between two hands. So it's up over your head and then kind of pulling it down with the lower body. So you slam it between your two feet. Right. We've tested that on, on force plates that actually does increase a lot of vertical force. So that's actually a drill that we'll use with a particular lot of older golfers who can't jump necessarily, or, or, sure. or you know, don't want to do plyometric you know, in place, little plyos or jump training because of knees or hips or whatever it may be that's actually a wonderful exercise to increase the amount of vertical force somebody has to create without having that jumping impact side of things. So that would, that's probably the go my go-to like at home, I can't jump, uh, but I, you know, know, to increase the vertical acceleration and the power side of things, Uh, you know, upper body, you know, this is where you could do, you you could use the medicine ball to do uh, like chest pass, like almost think of like if you're in basketball, you're going to throw a chest pass doing it with a medicine ball, you know, you know, bouncing it off the wall, rebound, exploding it back you know, again, you know, don't be doing 20 of these, please. And then we're training the wrong. So we're <laughs> training our marathoners. We want to train our sprinters. Um, that's a great one. There's another you know, one that kind of combines the two just to kind of round out. We'll give you people three options. Uh, it would be like a, a, basically a squat thrust. So you have the medicine ball kind of between, you know, right underneath your chin you squat down and then you kind of jump up and push it, the ball up. So you need to, you do it outdoors, or if you got a really high ceiling, so you're almost throwing it up, up the wall, uh, basically. So it's a combination of lower body push power. Cause you're kind of jumping up and then you're throwing the ball up. So there's upper yeah. body power as well, too. So th- those would be kind of three options for people at home to work on that acceleration size. So remember clump head speed, um, you know, a little bit of physics for any of you nerds out there, right? Club at speed is is, is the sports golf specific measure of power, right? And so there has to be an element of strength and there has to be an element of speed and how fast you can produce the force, you know? So strength will produce the force and how fast you can produce it. The faster you can produce that force, you know, will produce more speed. So if you have two golfers who can both produce, let's say 200 pounds of force during the golf swing through the ground, but, you know, golfer A, it takes them, you know, one and a half seconds and golfer B, it takes them a quarter of a second. Golfer B is going to swing the golf club incredibly fast relative to golfer A. Yeah. Um, so that's where it's really understanding the physics of it, you know, and, and and when you're doing your training, understanding, hey, I'm really, I'm a really strong person, but I'm really slow. So I need to work on some more of, you know, producing these key movements faster um, or, hey, I'm not really strong, but I can move really fast. We, you know, we see a lot of the guys on tour, that's. It's funny. Oh, look at Zalatoris. That guy hits the ball a mile, but yeah, he doesn't. He's not strong. Well, yeah, he's just crazy elastic. And then why a lot? He can hide
0: behind a light pole. (laughs) (laughs) That helps, Right. right? So he has an
1: amazing ability to use elasticity. He's somebody that if you know, if he walks into my facility, I'm like, all right, dude. If we put like 20 pounds on you, holy cow, you're gonna hit the ball far. You're also gonna be a lot less likely to get hurt. Um, (laughs) that's another discussion. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's when when we're thinking about stuff people can do at home, think about what can I do to improve my vertical lower body power? What can I, you know, strength and speed and what can I do for my upper body push strength and speed. And when you train both of those together, that ultimately those two combined will improve your ability to move faster. Um, So
0: I have, I have a follow-up question on the kind of medicine ball chest pass exercise and this is purely for me, uh, listeners. You can you can turn this off now. This is just a for Marty question, uh, but I guess it'll probably help you too. Uh, so I I really do have that like circle of dust where my medicine ball has hit the wall in my basement. So is it a safe way to measure measure progress if I were to chalk out like every twelve inches? I'm getting further and further away from that wall as long as I'm not throwing some big rainbow pass to get it there. Uh, Is, is that a measure of improvement, the further away we can get from the wall and to still have a pretty much linear flight and still hit that same spot? Is that a good way to kind of measure our our progress?
1: Yeah. So I think that's a good point you bring up is all the medicine ball throws. We definitely want it, you know, know, like a, like a line drive. Right. Um, But you know, they're actually, when we look at our, the, the upper body push power test we do, which is people sitting in a chair, we do a seated chest pass, how far they can throw it. We actually can, at this point we have enough, we have the data where we can tell you if you go up by X amount of inches, that will increase your clubbed speed by X amount of miles an hour. So in your, your question, the answer is yes. If you can move that medicine ball further, that means you are progressing and you've either, whether it's because you got stronger or because you got, better elastically and so you're able to you know move you know elastically shoot that bar ball further that will have a definite um, you know impact positively on your clubbed speed
0: awesome well i got 26 feet in a 12 pound medicine ball i don't think i'm uh well, i haven't seen yeah, a 12. I...
1: so that so this is one of the things we're looking at now is we've actually we're still, we've been tracking data there's uh that's it's called a force velocity curve. Um, so this is getting a little really nerdy for anyone who's interested. But there's basically what just you know, pretend
0: you're listening to Mythbusters, the podcast, it's cool,
1: exactly. <laughs> so, but basically, think of like if you, if you had a four pound medicine ball, an eight pound medicine ball, a 12 pound medicine ball, and a 20 pound medicine ball, right? Some people will be able to throw that really light medicine ball extremely far, but they'll suck at the really heavy one. Yep. Other people will be kind of, and eh, not very impressive with the light, but they get to that heavy one. You're like, oh my God, that looks like, you know, freaking, you know, it's a gorilla. Like he's the only cow. He yeah. knew that. So, you know, some people move really, really well at really light, with really light loads, they can be extremely fast and explosive. Uh, other people are really good with the heavier ones. So think of, you know, that really skinny kid growing up that was like you could never catch in the game of tag. And then yep. you had the really big kid who like, Barely moved, but if you got close to him, he'd pick you up and throw you over the. Yeah.
0: You know, he right. the picnic table to find you. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so, like,
1: like he's somebody who's who is not going to be a very good with speed strength, right? Um, you know, so he, you know, so, whereas somebody who's kind of that really fast one is going to be more kind of a speed strength type of person. So there's there's a spectrum at which we can produce power, and sure, everybody in golf, you know, is I had this conversation with with one of the the top amateurs today. We were. Talking about like his off-season plan coming up, and he hates in-place plyo, like absolutely freaking hates the plyometric stuff. He's like, "What the heck, I gotta do?" this. I was like, "Cause you're 15, you're six-two, you weigh 200 something pounds, you're a freaking ox, but yeah. when we look at your ability to use elasticity, it's absolutely awful." And like last year was, you know, when we when we got your elasticity up, like your speed jumped. Remember? And he's like, "Oh, okay, I'll do it." <laughs> but but, so you know that's what we'll actually use a test with people and we'll have them like you know basically squat down like if if you're gonna like like you're sitting in an air like a a chair made of air and from there don't dip any lower just see just explode up and see how high you can jump and then now compare that to if you're standing up now kind of dip down and then jump up right so there's one's called that second one's called a counter movement jump the first one's called a static jump and if there's an ideal ratio of how much higher you should be able to jump off of the you know, one where you can kind of dip down and go up because you can put a quick stretch on your muscles and then explode yep. up. A lot of golfers, particularly over 40, their static jump is the same or better than their elastic jump, <laughs> which is, oh, wow. which is not good. Right. Oh. But, but that's because they, but that what that tells us is they're using their strength to produce their speed. And there's they're, not they're,
0: much elasticity there. They're
1: not using a lot of that elasticity. So there are people who need more of that speed training or, you know, um, whereas you know, the, the kids who like, that you ask them to do the static jump and you're like, did, did you get off the ground? And then they do the, like the, the elastic one. And they're like, you know, Whoa. did you're you like, come oh, yeah. down yet? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Like, so those are going to be very different training protocols. And so that's, you know, this is you know, going back to your question of like, why do people in the industry kind of, you know, that that's the, think one thing when it actually is actually proving to be another. And number one is that, the information hasn't been around very long people haven't sure. had enough golfers to work with to look into it it's, you know, it's nobody's fault it's just with that information it hasn't been there um you know and yeah so it's just it's just it's really cool as we've been as we've been able to dive in and um you know and so it's it's really cool and the other i guess the other common thing Sort of applicable here in med ball, but you know, I'm sure you've seen like the non dominant side training, right? Like oh,
0: Lord, that. you, I mean, you could probably just search that on my webpage and find yep. more than a couple episodes.
1: Yeah. And you can, <laughs> you can look at like, hey, should we throw the medicine ball in the opposite direction, right? Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, like, oh, we got to get balanced. This goes back to the, hey, we got to get strong on the opposite side because golf is one way. Um, so I was going to say this for another episode, but I'll, I'll, I'll blurt it out now. The, so, so <laughs> there's an actual negative correlation or relationship to speed for the more balanced a player is so if you are equal left to right in terms of strength and and then like you're truly a balanced left to right you will you will swing slower (laughs) there is an there is an ideal ratio of lead side to trail side of being actually imbalanced uh which is productive for more speed so you actually don't want to be balanced as a golfer. But it makes so, so much sense. Like, oh, yeah, if you're the more balanced you are, the less likely you are to get hurt. So let's throw the ball the opposite way or let's swing these golf clubs the other way. Right. And, and it just makes so like common sense. Like, common, I don't know if it's a word, commonsensically, it makes a way like it just, it just makes sense. Right. You're like, oh, that, oh, that, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Cause it's all one way and there's all these overuse injuries. We should go the other way because that'll balance
0: us out. Yeah. And then when you,
1: actually, you actually test people. There's an ideal ratio. You certainly can't get too, too imbalanced. Right. But being balanced is actually not good for golf in any, in any way, shape for or peak
0: form. performance. Yeah. It, for peak it's performance. something that I, I used to do a lot of, and now I pretty much only do it just to like loosen up when I'm running late. And I only got like 10 minutes to, to get to the first seat. Like all right, and I'll take three of those and swing both directions, and then I'll go putt you're the just, other side. You're seven. just increasing the
1: internal temperature of your tissues to get you ready to play. You're not you're not you're not trying to gain speed. You're not trying to get right. strong. Right. You're not trying to balance yourself. Like like going like that's fine to warm yourself up. But I think there's such a common misunderstanding that has been preached for a long time of you got to be balanced. You gotta you gotta throw the medicine ball. Like there's just so many things. Like you know, all these pros do it. You should do it.
0: Well, you can look all the way back to when Gary player was the only person lifting weights. Yeah. You know, wow. How that coin has flipped, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Now now every golfer has like their, or every PGA player has like their own personal trainer and, you know, yoga specialist and chiropractor that they fly everywhere with them. And, you know, so yeah, it's, it just takes more people putting in the work like you're doing to actually Test things scientifically in order to find out the truths of these things, and like you said, it's nobody's fault. It's just the fact that there hasn't been enough time put into it. the The data sets haven't been big enough, and realistically, like let's roll the clock back fifty years. How the hell would you have done that? You know, with all these thousands of golfers and stuff like that, it would have been so astronomically difficult. But that's one of the things where, you know, like as time moves forward, as technology improves, we can increase our testing and our, our capability of measurement and we can see what actually does benefit us and what is just exercise. <laughs> yeah, I think,
1: you know, this, the sport at large of golf, we're just, we're behind in the physic, physicality of understanding that, you know, working out working out, For golf didn't become mainstream on the big tours till late 2000s, right? (laughs) Like I remember when I started Par for Success, I was joking my wife and say now nowadays like it's easy for someone to start a golf fitness business, right? Because everybody knows what golf fitness is. They just have to. It's just it's just marketing. Like I got to market and let people know who I am, and hopefully people will come work with me. When I started, it was like you do what? Like (laughs) what is that? (laughs) Like, Like I had to educate people what I did, and then try to tell them, hey, I can help you, right? They're like, well, really? I don't think I need that. Like, you know, and, and so you know, if you think of the sports, you know, football and basketball that are really far ahead in all the research, you know, the forefront of a lot of this, it's it's because they're funded by multi-million dollar organizations that are looking yeah. to make more right. Golf is very much individual. I mean, the whole live golf thing, like they are made it very clear, you know, PJ tour mm-hmm. players are independent contractors, right? So they're all on their own, on their own dime right? And so there hasn't been this unified front to pour money into pour resources into researching. So a lot of it has been so piecemealed. It's been very isolated into kind of a very small demographic of where the research has been done. But now, you know, fast forward to where we are now. And now we have the ability where the average golfer knows what golf fitness is. The average golfer is seeing what can happen to their career and longevity in the game if they do put in some work. And then you're getting, you know, people like us who are nerdy enough to actually, (laughs) Hey, let's test some stuff. Let's track some, let's see what happens. Right. Um, so it's just, you know, we've just kind of, we, we, a lot of the other sports had a head start, and and so, but I think it's really cool how quickly it's moving, uh, in the golf space where, and I think it's, you know, it's, you know, venues like, like, like this, like, you know, the golf strategy school where we can actually like get the word out to people and be like, Hey, this stuff is exists. It's important. Like, like there are answers for you. Like you don't have to just do what you see on Instagram. Like yep. you know, there's actually answers that you can find out for yourself. You don't have to guess. You can actually assess and figure out what you need.
0: Well, if you see Tisha Allen on Instagram hitting laser drives in high heels, I challenge anybody to do that because that's got to be good for your balance, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, it has to be. I mean, yeah. I mean, it certainly would make squatting easier, you know, getting your heels elevated, squats <laughs> yeah. would be
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's a performance enhancer um i'm it's glad like the both jump of my daughters are in bed and they can't hear me say that heels help you for some reason <laughs> exactly and i you hope know, none of my sisters listen to this
1: <laughs> that's like you remember uh you know the old jump shoes the you know the jump training yes. shoes we should get we could have we could have heels the, the golf training the golf trainers
0: yeah well i remember there for a while there were some shoes that were outlawed because there was too much of a, of an exterior slope in them and it helped you stabilize and not slide within your shoes. So it's, it's right along those same lines. Well, Chris, I don't, I don't want to keep you forever here. Do you have anything new going on that people should be aware of or checking out? Yeah, definitely. We have a,
1: there's always something new going on at our shop. It's uh, we have actually coming out, uh, you know, end of this year is we're uh, you know, we're actually launching actually in three, three weeks uh, we're going to be doing actually launching a live large group golf performance classes. Uh, nice. Yeah, we're going to be doing them on Zoom, so people will be able to, you know, well, 20, 20 or so people live interaction with the coach, walk, taking you through workouts. Uh, it's going to allow us to really reach a, a lot a much bigger audience, uh, let people to get in at a much lower price point than doing like one on one stuff. Sure. Uh, but still allow us to kind of really you know connect with people on a on a really personal level and assess people and give them what they the education that they need to you know achieve what they're trying to achieve so so that that's really exciting then we had a ton of ground reaction for stuff that's coming out uh soon so uh we got about three or four thousand swings sitting in a database that are gonna be uh wow be unveiled uh in terms of <laughs> all the statistical stuff so that that's gonna be you know super exciting so um so yeah lots going on but uh But we'll be sure to uh, keep everybody updated for sure.
0: Yeah, and uh, like we've said on the show in the past, you can head to parforsuccess.com slash griffin you get your uh, assessment taken care of and you can see where you measure up against other golfers. And I'm sure uh, Chris and and the gang over there will let you know when his large group, individual classes are, are coming online through that. So uh, Chris, as always, thank you again for your time. And uh, yeah, look forward to our next conversation.
1: Likewise, Marty. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Alright, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this.